bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And the shit is getting hot in the kitchen, bitch. Oh, don't brutalize my family, <laughs> okay? It's Do You 22, the year of the tiger. We just mm-hmm. had the, the Chinese New Year. It's the year of the tiger. You mm-hmm. don't even need to be a tiger. Just make it work. Make it work. Make it fucking work. Make it work. <laughs> Where we are just tigering on. We are hungry tigers. Uh-huh. We will not be told no. We will not be stopped. I mean, don't put any meat in front of us. Don't <laughs> put any cheese in front of us, even though I can't have either of those now. Dr. Jackie told you. Um, <laughs> that I'm on the verge of exploding. <laughs> on our, our illustrious return to Bravo. Uh-huh. I wonder if her diagnosis of your high, dangerously high cholesterol, <laughs> if if that will make it into the edit of Married to Medicine I don't season know. eight. I don't know, but it's upsetting. But I am now, unfortunately, on a high cholesterol journey, and I have to figure out how to lower it. And I don't want to do go on medication, so I'm trying to go, you know, a natural route. Yeah. So that means cutting out meat and not all meat, but like, you know, like, like meat, like red meat. Yeah. I think you're going to need some guidance. I know. I'm going to have to go to like an additional. I don't know if doctors are going to give you the the guidance you need. I think. Who do I need to go to? A shaman? Yeah. We, I think we need to talk to a nutrition expert probably. And, you know, doctors know doctor stuff like blood and muscles and tissues and stuff and cartilage and bones yeah mm-hmm. they i don't think they necessarily they don't know any more than we do about what foods they they, they pop out the office do a quick goog search they click the keys and goog right. and then they're like it uh, looks Ooh. like um you got to get us away from the saturated <laughs> fats in the red meat um, the triglycerides on. are way too high yeah. and, and uh it's like, yeah. Cheese and maybe some try some vegan butter. Have you thought about exercise and eating plants and vegetables? <laughs> yeah. One of our original 14 listeners, my mom, yeah. Anthony 66. Mm-hmm. We love Anthony. He has been around for so long. He's on our Patreon podcast. He's so supportive. He recently, after years and years, I mean, this fucking podcast is five years old. Okay. Wow. The Patreon will have its four year um, anniversary. Uh, August wow. or July. I don't know, but the summer. Well, and wow. um, Anthony finally, after five fucking years, sent us his picture. And now he has sent us. He followed the rule, the golden rule of the drug den. Do not send a gift if we don't have your picture. Mm-hmm. And he sent a huge gift box before he sent the gift box. He said, sorry to be a bug nut. But I sent a box of goodies to you the other day. He sent this message to us through our Patreon podcast. Sorry to be a bug nut, but I sent a box of goodies to you the other day. And I wanted to be sure you knew all the stuff in the box is new. It looks so (laughs) random, but each item has a reason. I swear I didn't pull a Mary Cosby and clean out my closet and just re-gift things. LOL. Love you guys. My notes are rambling too. So sorry about that. And you know what? Even if you had done it, um, Mary Cosby for whatever you may think. Uh, that's the I'm one sorry. good thing about her that's what you want that's <laughs> whose closet you want your shit yeah from. yes i'll take the fendi tote yes i'll take the gucci shoes yeah yes i'll take i would take anything she gave me anything literally i would take anything she gave me but don't brutalize my family don't brutalize my family jennifer <laughs> shaw you called my son gay that is just torture you're tormenting our family don't talk about my can't stop i know don't get me started i can't stop I can't stop. Please, I mean, I can't stop. We have been off Bravo so long, and do you twenty two? It's all just, Ugh. 
it's all it's all been consumed and it's all back to I mean, garbage. Did you have a memorial? I don't don't talk about my family. Did you have the memorial? Oh, that's oh, I'm, it's none I'm, of your business. I am being tormented. <laughs> I am being tormented here. Oh, I, I can't. I just, uh. Anthony, the notes are not rambling. The care package was so sweet and well put together. The whole thing was absolutely charming. None of it looked used. No. He wrote us a, a letter in pencil on a legal paper. We love a yellow legal pad around oh, here. Yes, it's love. Like, it's like. That's my favorite. It's quintessential. We yeah. have the, these. So he fits right in. Right in. I love a yellow legal yeah. <laughs> And I particularly love a college ruled. Which one did Anthony? He did wide ruled. I like wide ruled. You like wide yeah. ruled. You, because you write in the large. Yes. And I write in like an insane person. Yeah. Who doesn't like to, and even, doesn't matter which lines there are, I'm going to. But you out. just like the lines to be little. I don't know why. I don't either. I think I like to think that I'm like. Yeah, sophisticated. Organized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. And you're left handed, so maybe it makes it, it, you like it better with like the way you have to situate your body and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Because left handed people have to get like all wrapped up like an animal to write. <laughs> Like they have to have like a curved desk. It has to be hanging yeah, from the ceiling. That's right. One leg mm -hmm. has to be up. Yes. Every time <laughs> yeah. I get something to sign, I'm always like, hold I'm on a second. Like, I have to rearrange I the whole like, room to sign this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to look the person in the eye and go. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know what Can I mean? you stand to the left, please? Thank you. I need a special pen. I'm going to go get that out of my car. And I have a footstool I use. So I'll be yeah. right back. Here is a box of very random gifts. I should have sent this months ago. When you received my photo, you pronounced my last name perfectly. Most people mess it up for some reason. That's nice. Yeah. You two have a great quality of making your fans feel seen as individuals. I love that. Don't ever lose that quality. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. See you next summer. I love that. <laughs> your comedy reaches all cultures in the most remote areas. I am an enrolled member of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and live in the middle of nowhere on the reservation. I was a nurse working management for 25 years, but now I work from home. Standing Rock is where the Dakota Access Pipeline protest happened. Keep it up, Anthony66. Damn, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, I love a, I love a, a registered member of a tribe as a nurse. Yes. I want all of that so hard in, I, in my nurse that takes care of me. Ugh, I do too. He and right where the pipeline, like, he he's totally like has that it. kind of vibe, though, doesn't he? Just Ugh. after going through his gift box. Wow. He has a soothing, nurturing, yeah. taking care it, it of. It really does. It honestly feels like, one, we can't believe that exists in this fucking country, no. this fegging country. Seriously. And it does feel like it's like someone from New Zealand, like said they are a listener. That's yeah. how, that's how yeah. touched yeah. I am that he listens. Yeah. And I feel that maybe we could be um, putting our toxic energy. He is putting our toxic energy into the reservation. So hopefully listen to it. Um, on your earbuds, Anthony, don't put it on speaker. <laughs> People are going to be like, Jesus Christ, turn that down. Yeah. We're trying to like not be gross over here. Well, in the box, first and foremost, meow, meow, the tissues, the Beautiful. tissues. Perfect. He gave us travel, little travel tissues. And then the, the, the car travel tissues, which are circle shaped that that are now in all of our mm -hmm. cup holders in our car. They're so mm -hmm. cute. They have little dogs on them. They're so charming. Yep. We need tissues everywhere we go. Yep. Whenever we move five feet, we need to have a tissue handy. <laughs> yeah, it's just true. how it's, it is That's right now. True. And to have them in the car has become. When we first started getting tissues as our favorite gift, we got our fair amount of travel tissues and I just underestimated how important they are. And now at this point, my car is allergy central for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I should try cleaning it in terms of like <laughs> the dust, but well, you got a black t-shirt. I'm obsessed with it. We love black t-shirts for Mamau and for me are all the t-shirts we sell on our website are black because yes. there's nothing beats it. Just nothing beats nothing it. Nothing does. Uh, yours has that he got you has a cat playing a guitar. I'm like, I, I can't. I'm like wearing it tomorrow. Yeah. Immediately. He got us beaded keychain and hair clip by, he said, a local Native American artist. Which so, is so cool. Authentic vibes. Authentic getting, vibes. Authentic vibes, guys. guys. Top of the line, Trader Joe's <laughs> canvas totes. Yeah. Top of the line. Mm -hmm. Like not the papery ones. No, no. It's nice. The, it's like a tote. It's yeah, like a land. It's canvas like a tote. Real tote. Yeah. Gold face masks, which we will be using. They're already in the fridge. Flushable butt wipes. I mean, mini blow pops. You. 80s. I've already eaten half of them. 80s crest breast. We've spray. already been using that. I love the breast. 
so good. Mm. It's so good. It's better than Banaka. It's better than Banaka. I've never had this before. Have you? I like it. No. I like it. I like it. My favorite thing. He got this big tin of Pepperidge Farms chocolate fudge pirouettes. Now, I had never had this. Uh-huh. The texture is addicting. The flavor is addicting. You know, I love a Pepperidge Farm moment. You do. You love a Pepperidge Farm, remembers. <laughs> I mean. Pepperidge Farm, remembers. I'll fuck with a Milano all day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The ones even that are half dip. I don't give a fuck. I uh-huh. love them all. Mm-hmm. Your favorite thing. Oh, my God. It's a Trump punching stick. <laughs> I love it. His it's great to hold on to the the feel of it in the hand and the weight oh, of the, the head. Oh, the two buttons are. I'll never stop. I mean, I'm I'm gonna break it yeah. within moments. Yeah. Because I'm gonna press it too much, but oh god, it's so good. Oh yes. The arms punch out. His uh, mouth looks like a perfect cat's asshole. Yes. The voice. <laughs> it's so great. It's just a fun, fun, fun toy. It's so good. And we love it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely Mama. She is going, no, she is going to break it. <laughs> so I'm not letting her play with it too much. And he got us this book called Would You Rather? Oh. Now, we have a version of this book called The Book of Questions yes. that we that I got for the, the Patreon. Mm-hmm. The Book of Questions is a little more... It's like more philosophical and like a little more stressful. Okay. Like it's not as fun. We did it a couple times on the Patreon, like the first year of the Patreon. Uh-huh. The Would You Rather book is, I'm not going to say it's not stressful um, because any kind of Would You Rather game is always going to be stressful. Mm-hmm. I prefer the game of Would You for this amount of money. Right. Now I'm there. Yeah. Now I'm not stressed. Right. Because I can, don't have to, but then I, if I do, I get money. Yes. The best one to ask any guy that you... Um, want to make uncomfortable is would you rather be blind or have a a minuscule dick an inverted dick oh my god and then they get upset and it's fun yeah i thought you were gonna (laughs) say would you rather for straight guys would you rather suck a dick or get fucked up your ass no that's fun they love thinking about that are Are they do yes 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 they do Uh, that's not upsetting anyone it's like hmm but would you rather be blind or have an inverted dick? Men will any of, of, of any sexuality will crawl into a corner and be like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> Just stop it. So the would you rather book is so great. We are going to do this. He 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 earmarked five of his questions. OK, so we're going to do his other four and more on our on our next Patreon podcast. But I am here to tell you the, the first one is would you rather have brown teeth? Or a hairline just one half inch above your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony said, brown teeth, just no toothy smiles. Mm, okay. Do you know what my answer is, Mau Mau? This is also what we'll do on the Patreon. I think we'll probably try and answer for each other. Um, I think that you would take the hairline. And you know what? Gladly. <laughs> my hairline is a, a tight 12 and a half inches above my fucking eyebrows. And I love a ter- Teresa Judice moment. Like, yeah. I am here for Teresa's fucking hairline. Like, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Like, one of my favorite things about looking at you, and I look at you more than I look at me, uh, I love your hairline. It is fucking adorable. Thank it's you. like a baby's hairline. It's my dad's hairline. It's so cute. So, I'm taking the hairline all day. It wasn't even hard for me. Yeah. I'm white teeth. I'm basically Teresa Judite Ju- in yeah, my mind. For here. sure, yeah. No. Um, and you, sir? Uh, well, well, what do you think? <laughs> you're, I think you're going to take the hairline. Of course. I, my hairline can start in my eyebrows. It's fine. What do I care? Yeah, I don't know. I think people think I do not want. I think that 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 I know, but I think that that there's a connotation with a very small, like like the Teresa hairline. Oh, like we're um, cavemen or something. Yeah, I think it's it has something to do. Yeah, being a little more Cro-Magnon, being a little less evolved, a little less bright. I don't know that it's true, but whatever. That's fine. Think what you want. But I'll tell you what you won't think is that my teeth are brown. (laughs) Or that a mug. (laughs) Now it's time for Jojo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Jojo and Kiki. Jojo and Kiki. I want to 
honey. All right. Well, remember way back in August of Forever 21 when Jojo and Kiki made the baller decision to finally pull our troops out of Afghanistan after wasting 20 fucking years and a hundred bajillion dollars there? Remember how every president, including Trump, said they were going to do it but never had the balls, but then Biden did? And remember how our entire military and everyone in the U.S. Defense Department truly believed that the Afghan army and government that we trained and funded for 20 years would stand up and defend themselves against the Taliban who aimed to take over control of Afghanistan the minute our troops left? And remember how, instead of fighting for their freedom, the majority of the Afghan army immediately surrendered to the Taliban and gave them all of the weapons we left for them to defend themselves? And then remember how the president of Afghanistan fled the country with a giant bag of money and literally let the Taliban move into the presidential palace and seize control of the country? And then remember how when the Taliban took control, they shut down the schools and businesses, took away the rights of every single woman, and imprisoned them in their own homes? Oh my God, and then remember how they opened up the actual prisons and let all the convicted Islamic extremist men out into the streets to enjoy their freedom? And remember how they sent a suicide bomber to the Kabul airport who killed 170 Afghan civilians who were trying to escape and 13 U.S. service members who were helping them? <sighs> yeah, I do remember. <laughs> And I remember how everyone blamed Joe Biden mm -hmm. for all of that yeah. instead of blaming our enemy. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, the Taliban, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> They're all our enemy. And instead of blaming them, the men who killed our troops while they were evacuating, everyone blamed Joe Biden, the Democrat in power, for fumbling the exit, not landing his dismount. <laughs> Ridiculous, myopic, unrealistic nitpicking bullshit the diarrhea toilet republicans were <laughs> mad that their government contracted cash cow was ending and they might have to start actually using taxpayer money to help americans and the virtue signaling loser democrats were mad that ruth bader ginsburg didn't come back to life and fly to afghanistan with harry potter on a broomstick or whatever the fuck thing they use in that game they play broomsticks yeah and defeat the taliban and magically convert all the men into civilized human beings who would completely submit to the women who would then rule the entire mm. middle east covering it in rainbows and tiny talking kittens who Oof. would be snarky and funny and never even grow into full-size cats oh my god i mean <laughs> When is this going? This is the, that's the rapture. I mean, it is kind of a bummer that that didn't happen. But it didn't happen because it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone needs to take their keyboard courage and their rotted Reddit PhDs and their Dungeons and Dragons expectations and fuck the fuck on off. Out of Joe Biden's goddamn fucking face. Yeah. And you know what? Fuck the fuck off out of Jake Sullivan's fucking face, too. Okay? He's the best national security advisor that's ever lived, period. He will own any bitch who tries it anyway. He knows these fucking douchebags don't know their ass from a hole in the wall. All of them. Like, please go and try and make a military strategy for exiting a 20-year occupational war in the Middle East. I fucking dare you. You probably can't even beat your dad at risk, you fucking twits. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I can tell you, that. I could terrible. I mean, I can't even learn it. I can't. I was just. I we played Stratego. It's like the, that was like the dumb down risk. Well, I played Battleship. Battleship is amazing. Yeah, yeah, Battleship's that, the that's best. That's like easy. Battleship is the best. <laughs> like obsessed with Battleship. I wish we still had it. Oh my god, we could totally yeah. play it here. I'm gonna find it. Well, <laughs> Joe Biden. I mean, he took the heat and the blame on behalf of the entire military and the entire Defense Department for planning a successful yet imperfect exit strategy and it's like when the wrong quote-unquote person wins the bachelor or survivor or american idol everyone gets mad at the winner and blames them but it's the producer's fucking fault and it's never an accident they make their plan and then they let the chips fall and that's what happened and sorry but we did win it's terrible for the families of the 13 military service members who died during the evacuation, but they knew the risks of joining the military. War is awful. It's a deadly business. And those 13 people are forever heroes. They are. And you know what? We celebrated each one of them on this podcast back in August last year. If you missed it, please go back and listen to that part. Or if you're new here, these people deserve to be known and seen for what they did and who they were and how they died. And they were all... They were all just interesting young people. Mm -hmm. Just it's, it was really sad. 
Mm-hmm. And they all had families because we all do. And even though Joe Biden was being bludgeoned with blame by all sides, he stoically vowed to avenge their deaths in a press conference saying to those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. Our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. So good. And he did it, bitch. And no one knew. And no one seemed to really care. But Joe Biden went in and fucking killed the head of ISIS, the group responsible for the attack at Kabul airport, which killed those 13 Americans. He didn't forget. He didn't forgive. The mission did go on. He wasn't intimidated and he hunted them down and made them motherfucking pay. Just like he said he would. (laughs) Just like he promised. And yeah, okay. We know we've heard it when you chop off the head. Another one grows with these groups. We know we got it. We got it. We got it. There's no stopping this shit. But I feel like that's not even the point now that we're finally out of Afghanistan. I feel like now we're going to let them fight it out with each other over their barbaric fucking religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. We tried to help the Afghan people evolve and make progress for 20 fucking years. It didn't work. That was the failed mission, motherfuckers. So if you want to blame someone, blame the Republicans and Dick fucking Cheney. Mm-hmm. I feel like now America's like the Middle East is on their own. It is what it is. We can help with refugees and shit and do what we can from here. But as long as the Democrats are in power, if ISIS or Al Qaeda or the Taliban or whatever fucking new piece of shit terrorist group pops up and attacks Americans, like how ISIS killed 13 of our soldiers, we're going to roll in, kill your leader and keep it fucking pushing. <laughs> That's how we're going to do it now. That's what I think. Now, the minute, of course, Republicans get back in control, we will enter back into some bullshit war so all the cronies can get their defense contracts back. Trump's biggest regret is that he didn't start a war before the 2020 election. He was this close to attacking Iran and his own defense department was in panic mode trying to stop him. So if he wins in 2024 or any Republican, in my opinion, wins in 2024, the Republicans will probably just go back into Afghanistan. They've got their racket. It's completely down. At this point, Trump's probably working with the Taliban to build a golf course there. We know he's working with Saudi Arabia. Yeah, for sure. And that's just another reason to celebrate this huge victory for Jojo and Kiki. We all need to hit the streets and fan the fuck out on this administration. Joe Biden killed the current head of ISIS literally last week. He avenged the terrorist attack on American troops like he said he was going to do. He and his entire administration are doing a great fucking job. And even if you're not jazzed about how he ended the 20-year war, how he didn't stick the landing, and even if you're mad about what's happening with Joe Mandouche and Kirsten Jizima, and even if you erroneously blame him for the shitty-ass Supreme Court rulings or the individual state's racist voting laws, just remember, if we can't shift the narrative into blind fangirl love like we all had for Obama... Starting with the midterm elections this November, then we are going to end up with Trump again in 2024. Trump and Ivanka and Jared Kushner and Don Jr. and Kimberly Goonfoyle and Eric and his weird skin and his weird (laughs) eyes. And they'll probably just build a new MAGA White House on their disgusting Q-A-Lago golf resort. Now it's time to take a quick visit to Supreme Court Nominee Street. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Nominee Street, Supreme Court Nominee Street, a diverse Supreme Court Nominee Street, (laughs) Supreme Court Nominee (laughs) Street. (laughs) Now you got to go up. Street, Supreme Court. Right. Supreme Court nominee street. <laughs> All right. Well, last week, after months of suffering through the cable news cycle, blaming Joe Biden and Kamala Harris for 
every single problem that anyone has ever suffered in the history of the world, Jojo and Kiki finally fucking found a way around the rotted Republican agenda of fake Democrats Joe Mandouche and Kirsten Gizema by announcing their plans to nominate the first black woman to the United States Supreme Court. That's right. Now, even though 2021 didn't invent voter suppression and gerrymandering <laughs> or racism and Republican power mongering, what it did invent was presidential voter fraud and capital <laughs> insurrections. And now, after four years of Trump and three new conservative fucking dickbag judges on the fucking Supreme fucking court, it's do you 22 and the Biden-Harris administration is about to make history yet again. But in the crunch wrap supremacist world of Washington politics, choosing a black woman for the Supreme Court is not going to be easy. All of the isms will be battling it out to take her down. Ageism, sexism, classism, nepotism, favoritism, and of course, racism. Mm -hmm. Well, here to break down all of the potential candidates and all of the isms <laughs> is the executive director at the Southern Coalition for Social Justice, which is a nonprofit organization that works with disadvantaged communities in the South to help them fight systemic oppression and structural racism. As the head of the voting rights program, she works as the lead attorney fighting against voter suppression, gerrymandering, and unfair laws restricting access to voting, particularly in communities of color. We're so grateful that she agreed to do our stupid-ass podcast for the second time. So without further ado, let's find out how to get to Nominee Street with Allison Riggs. Hi, Hi Allison. Allison. Hey, Brandy Julie. It's so great to be back with y'all. When you came um, on the podcast back in 2020, you told us what it was like when you argued a case in front of the Supreme Court. So the minute Justice Stephen Breyer announced his retirement, we knew we wanted to talk to you about who you think should replace him. So right off the bat, do you have a favorite in mind? Who do you think it should be? I certainly do. It should be North Carolina Supreme Court Justice Anita Earls. Oh. And her her questioning in the redistricting case just this past week is something that everyone, including your listeners, should be looking at because that's what it means not only to put a black woman on the court, but to put a civil rights litigator on the court. Mm. I cannot tell you the difference between folks who've and 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 it's fine, but if if you are uh, legal experience has been sitting on the bench or sitting in corporate law. You don't know what it's like to be in our shoes. And I would be pleased as punch with any of the people whose names um, are circulated. We are decades overdue. Um, and frankly, all of the people with all of their isms um, can go jump off the nearest bridge as far as I'm concerned. But I want, I mean, I want to see um, someone who, I want to see a black woman. I want to see a civil rights lawyer. I want to see someone who's got experiential um, mm. diversity to bring to the bench because as much as I love them, most of those folks have been sitting in black robes for so long that they forget what it's like to function in normal society. And when you're a judge, and I respect judges, but when you're a judge, you are disconnected from the real world. We were just so actually, we, we, were, we were talking about how like, we love basically across the board the the administration that that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris put together. The one disappointment that we really have kind of, and we hate to talk bad about any of them because we're just like that dorky, but is Merrick Garland. And we feel like it's because he's attorney general and he's just too judgy. It's like he's too like <laughs> mm, stayed or something. He's not like a fighter anymore. He's done he's done some some great things in his and DOJ is bringing some great cases. But I credit a lot of that with Kristen Clark, who had shocker, a black woman heading up the civil rights division. And and putting you know, putting down the cards where the cards need to be played. Um, but yeah, no, we need someone who is like there are all of these women who are being um, un who are under consideration are brilliant. But when you talk about a Justice Earls, when you talk about Sherilyn Eiffel, when you talk about Nancy Abudu or Holly Thomas, these are women who know what it's like to argue in front of a court. They know what it's like to build a case. They know what the systemic hurdles are mm. to building cases. And, you know, fo the, the, the folks under consideration, this is no, no bash against the people who have sort of rode, ride, ridden the judicial route 
to this, but when you've represented a criminal defendant, um, when you had to bring an employment discrimination case, when you have litigated a voting rights case, um, you you get it. And lived experience, This is that's why, first and foremost, we need to see a Black woman on the court. I, I want the faces that you stare, when I argue, when I argued, the faces that I was staring at didn't match what America looks like. Mm. But I also want someone who gets what the way the justice system works and the way it's broken. Because right now, the law doesn't offer remedies for so much. And people don't understand that. So we need judges who really get that um, and, and are able to um, you know, understand the ways in which laws are intended um, to, 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 sat, to meet needs, to make people's lives better and interpret them the way they were meant to be written rather than being stingy um, and, and narrowing things. And it's yeah. true that it's true that whoever gets appointed is going to be in, in the minority on this court. Um, that, that's 100 percent true. So that's all the more reason you need a, a fighter. You need yeah. someone who is who is not going to to bend, um, who who is going to tell tell truth to power and be a voice for those who are like, screw it, this justice system, this society is not meant to protect me. It is meant to harm me. Um, that makes it all the more important to have someone who's going to be aggressive for workers, for voters, um, for for people of color. There's just there's no, there's no substitute. We want to know about the percentages, if you know them, of, of who served on the Supreme Court. That wasn't the amount of people that have served that haven't been a sit, like sitting judge when they, you know, get nominated. But I just want to say that on your Twitter, you put Sherilyn Eiffel as um, she put in her yearbook, I guess, when she was a senior that her uh, career goal was Supreme Court justice. And like we here at Dumb Gay Politics are proud basic bitches. Like that's it. That's all I needed to see, quite frankly. I was like, oh, it's her. I think it's clearly her. But um, I mean, I just like can't deal with that. It's so genius. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with it. But I never knew and even to this moment that anyone was on the Supreme Court that wasn't a judge. Justice Kagan wasn't. It's, it's not. It's less common. It's a less common route for sure. Um, but it's a pro- it's a problem uh, with the Supreme Court. It needs to be made up of people who have this real world experience, who have not just been cloistered for years on the district court or the court of appeals. So you know, having Justice Kagan uh, there was great. But you know what? Whether the person nominated has judicial experience or not, it's not going to save them for from the isms. Justice Sotomayor had the most judicial experience of just about anyone in recent history. And she still got tagged with all the racist, bigoted, misogynist crap. So no one is under any illusion that whoever gets, whatever black woman gets nominated, they're going to have to put up with a lot of crap, but that's what they've spent their lives and their careers doing. And, and all of these women have it in them well that's sort of i'm more like up to a super like bothered by the ageism of it all like eat like nobody yes. everything needs to be young and blah 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 i think you've probably seen me ranting about the ageism on twitter yeah like these i mean so sherilyn eiffel is 51 justice anita earls is um 61 and she's she's been on the court since 2018 she had 25 years of civil rights practice genius. before that genius we are we, i mean this People don't regularly die in their 40s anymore, right? <laughs> like medical science has advanced. And I know a lot of these women to be, um, have a lot of fight left in them. And quite frankly, nominating the youngest person is, and, and having that be sort of like the biggest thing you care about means you're missing the boat. We need the person who's going to fight the hardest, be the truest voice speaking truth to power, smart, um, and they're all smart, but I just, no one is 85. Yeah, and we can't like, be dogging 60. We're like into Nancy Pelosi still. She right. has her arms out. Exactly. Like, let's not be <laughs> writing people off at 60. 
And here's the problem. People are scared. People are like, oh, Trump appointed all of these 35, 40 year olds. We've got to do the same. No, we have to we have to put in the smartest, the most strategic, the, the yeah. bravest person, yeah. because this is not going to be an easy job. And I'm sorry, like some experience under your belt in dealing with the more experience under the under your belt dealing with the crap that they're going to encounter on the court, yeah. the better that the, the more oomph they'll have to fight back and, and not bend down. But it just it, it, it pisses me off because it shouldn't be part of the conversation. None of these women are, are should be age limited. They will serve for decades any one of them which and alone is i mean you would think that i don't know the fact that they can still just sit there forever is somewhat bothersome i wish that there was term limits on the supreme court but i like someone who's 60 because yeah. it's just like she'll be there for 25 years probably <laughs> and then yeah. like that's a nice run you don't need to be there for forty-seven thousand years let's fight the isms and with the s smartest yeah, yeah. Ooh. you know best yes. right brightest strategic and even the best <laughs> and even the best person after 40 or 50 years might have might end up being a little disconnected so yes, yeah exactly until until we have term limits let's not worry yeah. about who's going to be president and who's going to control the senate in 25 years let's put the best person on the court and there there's so many to choose from they're all wonderful candidates um, but we have the opportunity, like we haven't had a civil rights, we've had two civil rights attorneys on the bench in our entire history. Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, I got and one. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> and the Gator, woo! And you I got mean, to go in front of the Gator too. That's Twice, right. right? So descriptive representation matters. Having a woman on the bench mattered to me. Having women on the bench matters to me, but all women are not the same. Um, Cl Cl Clarence Thomas does not represent the, the lived experiences and perspectives of the majority of Black Americans. So I, I am confident that no one that is on this list that President Biden is considering it's, I mean, Candace Owens isn't on the list, so it, you know it's, it's not just. Can you imagine? It's not just about. It's not just about a black woman. It is. These are the right black women. Okay. So speaking um, of the the right black women, so here's we're gonna go through the four that we found. Apparently, this is his short list, and I just can't believe that Anita Earls and and Sherilyn Eiffel aren't on the on the short list. But here's the four that we've that we came across. So in no in no particular order um katanji brown jackson leandra kruger j michelle childs and leslie abrams gardner so we want to get your thoughts on these ladies so let's take them one by one first katanji brown jackson she's 51 she went to harvard both undergrad and law currently serving on the u.s court of appeals also fun fact was on obama's short list for the supreme court as well yeah I think that, <laughs> okay. I think that she is. I think she's the, the safest choice. Okay. Of the four. Um, of these four. Of the four. Okay. Because because she's been for for Biden, because she just got confirmed to the D.C. Court of Appeals. The D.C. Court of Appeals um, is sort of considered to be a feeder court Ooh. Um, Ooh. for the U.S. Supreme Court. So you know she's. She's brilliant. <laughs> um, but again, she's been on the bench for quite some time. Um, and, and, you know, like, I, I'll be happy if she's nominated. I will 100% be happy to see her on the bench. Um, and she, and it, honestly, if I was a betting woman, and I'm not because I'm, I'm a civil rights attorney, I don't have any money. Um, but if I were a betting woman, I would say that that would be my guess on, on the eventual nominee. Mm, oh, that's good to know. What about Leandra Kruger? Okay, so she's 45. She went to Harvard and Yale Law School. She's currently serving on the California Supreme Court. Hot. Also, fun fact, her father's Jamaican and her mother's <laughs> Jewish. Holla! <laughs> Julie's Jewish. <laughs> She is, she's really, really, um, she's really bright. She's been doing great things. Um, I, you know, as much as like, I wish age wasn't the biggest thing. She's one of the younger contenders. So um, I know, I a hundred percent know why she's on this 
the short list because she's um, half think- Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> she's she 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 did quit herself well on the court. Mm. Is she just? I'm just now going just based on the fact that she serves on the California Supreme Court. Is she? She's got. Is she somewhat of a fighter in terms of judges go? California I seems mean, kind of a scrappy justice system. Mm. I don't, she's one, she's one, of, I don't know her personally. I certainly think that that's her reputation. I think she's, um, you know, when she worked in the Solicitor General's office, I think that's a great place to, uh, you see a lot of scrappy women coming out of the Solicitor General's office. So I think that's a good sign. Do you know Katanji Brown Jackson personally? Have you met her? I don't. I, okay. I know the so I know the civil rights attorneys. I don't know the um, I don't know the uh, judges, but like I know, or well, Justice Earls is now a judge, but uh, Nancy, Cheryl and I follow Nancy Abudu, Holly Thomas, Anita Earls. These are folks who who I've argued with, I've litigated with. They they're the real they're the real if only we had more than 14 listeners we could really get something going with anita earls but i know why is anita earls not the number one also i can't help but think of you anita earls cheryl and eiffel and whoever else you want on a new spinoff of the good fight um (laughs) like you know what i mean i mean do you watch the good fight i don't do you watch tv do you have time to watch tv Not a whole lot. God damn it. Um, I, I watch a fair amount of 90 Day Fiance, but that's oh, about it. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to go really low. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. To. No, I you understand. Have to. Well, and then I just... you're thinking the whole time, well, that's not legal. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She can't come in here. Well, I just need to, I just, if you are ever interested in law shows, it's the best one. And also, I can't stop thinking now about your <laughs> law spinoff about all the civil rights attorney women just doing it for themselves and Allison Riggs lives in the woods with the hound trying not to get Lyme disease, okay? Julie did find out, because I kind of don't like that much when someone does a first initial. I don't know why. Um, Julie found out her name's Juliana. Uh So I can see if your name was basically Julia Childs, where you'd probably just switch it to Jay. Yeah. But um, that's not even the fun fact about her. But she's 55. She's from um, the University of South Carolina and Duke Law School, currently serving on the U.S. District Court for South Carolina. Fun fact, she's the favorite of star maker Jim Clyburn and closet queen Lindsey Graham, who we love on this podcast, even though he's horrible and disgusting. Yeah, I mean, that may be the, the one strike against Judge Child is, is that endorsement. That's so odd and weird. It's he just, just probably loves everyone from South Carolina. Yeah, what what like, can you do, right. girl? She she's loves from everyone. my state. I don't mind. <laughs> um, well, she, as, as a state school, uh, attor- you know, yes. the, the product of a state school education, I think the breaking out of the mold of, of you know, the super elite top, you know, the, 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 the three or four feeder schools that we see yeah. the judiciary filled with is a good thing. I mean, yeah. I, not that I did much of it, but I went to a party school. I have a different experience of what, like, what, what college kids, graduate students, law students deal with. So, yeah, where'd you go? Somewhere uh, in Florida or something? Yeah, the University of Florida. Yeah, that's oh, like ama- that and like any Arizona school would be, I think. Well, I think she's pretty and we care about that here. <laughs> I wonder is because I'm like completely like because she's from the South, I'm feeling is she like super into like like the more conservative like side? like not into a woman's right to choose into uh, is what is her stance do you think on like that on like i don't know why i feel people from the south maybe judges aren't that into a woman's right to choose possibly i don't know that she's had any cases on that she's had a couple of cases um that i'm aware of um relating to criminal defendants and uh, workers rights that i haven't been super crazy about Mm-hmm. Um, but she also, you know, had to get nominated and and not blue slipped right. in South Carolina. Yeah. So you know, I love that you acknowledge made... that. I really do because it's it's just a different road. It's hard, you know, and you got to give it to those people. So I'm happy that you acknowledge that. 
Yeah. It's if you you have to be able to play the game to win the game. Oh yeah. Um, and I would I would never knock a woman who who one is ambitious because every time you know people cringe when a woman says I'm ambitious, I want to you know kick Punch them in the, him in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know the system is rigged and sucks. And if you can excel, notwithstanding that, it says something about you. So great. That said, bitch, don't be trying to do some weird, some weird judging, you know, but we're here. We're here for it. Now, Leslie Abrams Gardner, 47 from Brown and then Yale Law School, currently serving as the first female black federal judge for the United States District Court in Georgia. Fun fact, her sister is the undisputed voting rights champion of the world, Stacey Abrams. What do you think of her? There are a lot of amazing women in the Abrams family out of Georgia, and and I am a huge fan of all of them. What else do they have? have, There's not another one, is there? Uh Uh-huh, Dr. McLean, uh, Dr. uh, uh, Abrams McLean, another sister, a PhD in biomedical fancy stuff. Um, Oh, my good Lord. I have two siblings and we're losers. (laughs) How do these families get like this? God. I mean, my, again, only sort of, only sort of beef is like worked at a lot of big law. And like, again, that's no kudos to women, especially black women who can, who can excel and survive in big law, because that is one of the most toxic places for black women to, to be right now. But, um, you know, just the, the, the four you're wanting to talk about, none of them are civil rights attorneys the yeah. way I would like to see. And so I'm going to keep for, for as long as we have a few more weeks, I'm going to keep agitating for the court to take seriously what um, what Justice Marshall, what Justice Ginsburg did on the court, given their previous experience, made a difference. And it's not a... It's not a dig or a bash against Judge Jackson or Judge Childs. These are amazing women. But, um, we, you know, I want all these women on the court, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, no shit. Um, there's, there's, you know, Breyer's going to sit on the court to June. I know there are political reasons why folks want a fast confirmation process. But I want the administration to interview and get excited about what it would mean, not just to sail through an easy confirmation, but to put someone on the court who knows what it's like to, you know, who's litigated a woman's right to choose, who's litigated employment discrimination cases, who stood up on behalf of a criminal defendant who has not been presumed innocent <laughs> through, and from the very beginning. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. It, it, you see it in their writing. You see it in the way they ask questions at argument. Um, that's it's important. And and it doesn't. You know, he may ultimately go with Judge Jackson, and that's fine. But I want him to seriously consider these women who have dedicated their careers to the the hard route, the route where you get paid pennies, <laughs> you fight a judicial system that is rigged against you, and you stand up for sometimes really unpopular clients um, and do it with commitment and passion. Um, I want a dialogue where we talk about what those women bring to the court as well. Do we know what's on the like docket? I don't even know if that's the right word, like for the last half of 2022, or is that not something we know? Like what will immediately be something that the Supreme court, once this new nominee is sitting there, is there something we know the Supreme Court is going to hear or see? There are a couple of things that I think have already been set for next term. I'm, I'm blanking on them in the moment. I've been living in a North Carolina redistricting bubble for the last two months. But pretty much anything that the court is taking up, you know, essentially from Just like all of, of our January. rights. Like basically it, like, all of our is rights. It, is well, it voting rights? Are they, are they doing like an electoral college thing or is that not the Supreme Court? Is that the Congress? No, that okay. won't. There's electoral college reform stuff, electoral count reform stuff in Congress. There are 100% will be redistricting cases. They're being litigated now that will be on the 
the Supreme Court's um, docket starting in the October 2022 term. Mm. The 2022 election, we're going to see crap just like the big lie didn't end in 2020. It's going to come back and it's probably going to come back, you know, with some, with the folk, the folks who, you know, started who and fed the it. big lie, yeah. <laughs> who initiated it, coming up with some new and devious and, and alternate ways of fighting it. So 100% certain that that's going to be in front of the Supreme Court in the October 22 term. So voting rights is going to be a big thing, depending on how the Mississippi case comes down, like Texas, the Texas case could be squarely up in the 2022 term. Um, so like the, you know, an incremental change uphold, you know, if they end up upholding the Mississippi law, the Texas law is worse. They, they haven't heard of that case fully on the merits yet and they won't this term. So that'll be up there. There's, there's just a host of things that, and the stakes are incredibly high. Again, you know, this, this appoint, this nominee and this new justice won't change the, the balance on the court, but, you know, the way they shape the narrative, the way they fight back, um, will, will motive, will either leave people feeling defeated or will motivate them to, to keep fighting. And that's, so, what's going to matter. So before we let you go, tell us, since we're talking about redistrict, redistricting, um, tell us about the historic ger- gerrymandering case you just won this week in North Carolina and promise well, that you'll come back on before the midterms in November to talk about voting rights with us again, please. Uh, promise made. And I'm a, a woman, I'm a woman of my word. Okay. As of yesterday, partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional in North Carolina. Damn. And oh my God. Look at you. And there are too few states where that's true. And the, the United States Supreme Court wussed out on say, on applying equal protection for the entire country. So now best we can do is state by state. And we have a couple, um, we've seen Pennsylvania, Ohio uh, do it right. Ohio because the voters did it right. Uh, Pennsylvania because the constitution was interpreted the way it was written. Mm to be protective. And that's what happened yesterday. The North Carolina Supreme Court said, you know what, we have fair, we have free elections. We have uh, the right to instruct, the voters in North Carolina have the right to instruct. Uh, Our equal protection clause in our state constitution has consistently been held to be more protective than the federal counterpart. And they said, you know what, when you entrench your power and rig a system so that no matter what kind of wave election you have, the party in power is staying in power, then you don't have the consent of the governed and the North Carolina constitution and our North Carolina government is premised on the legislature having the consent of the governed. So we'll take them down state by state. It's an important lesson that state courts matter. So everyone who's listening, Figure out how the heck your your state Supreme Court justices get there, whether they're elected, appointed, and and give a crap about how they get there, um, because that that's the back that's the backstop at this point. That's what's keeping democracy alive. So North Carolina joined Ohio and Pennsylvania. Those are the three states that where partisan gerrymandering isn't allowed. Well. Florida has that in their constitution, but given that um, Governor DeSantis has appointed uh, a great majority of the Supreme Court justices, we're not sure that the North, the Florida Supreme Court will true and truthfully and fairly interpret the Florida constitution. But again, I'll go back to why state courts matter. And in Florida, they have retention elections, which are sort of meaningless and the governor appoints uh, to vacancies and Governor DeSantis changed that Supreme Court. So you you need to have a constitution that that's got teeth and you have to have a state court willing to, you know, read at a fourth grade level <laughs> and do the right thing. Um, and the number of states in which we have that is too few. Well, thank you for making the time to do our stupid podcast yeah. both times. We really appreciate 
all the work you're doing, it's so important and it, it isn't, you know, it, not everyone says yes to doing this. And we, our 14 listeners, we're just trying to like move the needle in any way we can. We're, yeah. It's all about, we're going to Nita Earls all the way. Yes. And so they fucking make this announcement. So tell our 14 listeners how they can find you, how they can get involved with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice and just do anything, what you want them to do. They're, they're here. They're like a little, a tiny, tiny little army. <laughs> <laughs> well, check check out uh, www.scsj Southern Coalition for Social Justice.org. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at SCSJ. I'm at Allison J. Riggs. Learn about what we're doing, but learn about the organizations. Nancy Abudu is from the Southern Poverty Law Center. Sherilyn Eiffel is from the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. There are groups out there that are tirelessly fighting. Um, we need you to vote. We need you to not give up. Yes, like it is dire out there, but that's what they want. This is a war of attrition and they want us to give up and I won't and I don't want your listeners to either. Awesome. There you go. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. That was very inspiring. Thank you. And depressing. Absolutely. And and depressing (laughs) and horribly depressing. This is, I love talking to y'all. This is a blast. And honest to God, it is so dark that if we can't laugh about it, like it's just, it's, it's too hard. So thanks. Thank you for having me. Now it's time for So There's That. Right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans, the ISIS terrorists and the QAnon cunts, the calculated corporate climate killers and the vindictive virtue signaling liberal losers. We are all somewhere on that spectrum fighting for our team to win the race of rights in America. And each week, all of us virtue signaling liberal losers get a little closer to our end zone of rights with Biden's promise to put a black woman on the Supreme Court. One might think that's the only so there's that we need this week, but one would be wrong. Do You 22 is going to be the year of so there's that's. And it's your job to find them for us, <laughs> ma'am. So what do you have mm. for us this week? Well, this was dropped in my lap, okay? Now, I thought it was appropriate since we just talked to Allison Riggs about her big win in North Carolina. And we here, if you've been listening for a while uh, to, to us at Dumb Gay Politics Podcast, Know that we have visited gerrymandering street many times and discussed the importance of the fact that if we can't get rid of Jerry, then we have to fix Jerry and give that bitch a makeover. Allison Riggs has done that and she is a hero for just that thing. And just like she said, you can't win the game if you don't play. Now, Democrats. And we also said that last week. That's true. That's true. We did. Yeah. That was what was really cool about it, too. Now. As we all know, Democrats are the winners of losing the game because they don't know how to play it. Well, as we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, there's been a little change in the Democrats' gameplay. <laughs> I think maybe they're waking up and learning the rules. And I want to thank Julie Lang for sending this little gem of a ditty to our inbox. Check it. A masterclass in gerrymandering, this time led by New York Democrats. Ooh, bitch. And it goes on. The maps approved by Democrats in the New York state legislature could lead their party to seize as many as three house seats from Republicans. That's good. That's fucking awesome. That's huge. New York is big. And we need those seats, girl. We need those seats. God knows the Republicans will do anything and have no shame in redrawing district lines to their heart's content in the cold, hard light of day. They don't even try to hide it. Mm -mm. The Republicans who will continue to obstruct voting rights, make it as hard for non-white conservative-leaning supremacists to vote, don't give a fuck about what's fair, ethical, right, moral, Christian, (laughs) or accessible. They don't want you to vote. They want you to stay home and give up and not care and think both parties are the same and think they're not lying to you relentlessly and that their only concern 
is not truly for their own greed and power and whiteness, but for the good of the country. Bitch, we're on to you. This is an exciting prospect in New York because this very well could lead to a domino effect. Democrats really pussyfooting around gerrymandering and redistricting is now starting to change and let it benefit fucking us for once. And this is what they're doing. And it's glorious. Republicans are already whining and saying they're going to fight it. They're already putting their lawsuits forward. And this is just their whole game right here in front of us. And one of their main literal main topics of the lawsuit is that they're saying that this is blatant hypocrisy. Can you fucking deal? They have the gall, the nerve, the thirst, the lurk, the audacity, the audacity to fucking even use the word hypocrisy. Okay. And I want, just want to say to them, take a look in the mirror. Dicks. These are the people who are upset about Hunter Biden (laughs) and Hillary Clinton. It's, it's, it's just watching them eat. This shit is, is actually, that's why we just need to shut the fuck up. And by we, I mean Democrats and just start playing the game. Stop whining about the Trumps. Stop whining about fucking Benghazi. Stop whining about any of it and just be like, okay. And, and stop talking about people being hypocrites and just start doing shit too. And then it won't matter when they call people hypocrites. Like, I don't care. Well, I don't yeah, because yeah, we are hypocrites. We don't give a fuck. Yeah, and he said, fuck. I don't care. I am a, yeah, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. So good. Fine. We are too. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Go take <laughs> yourself and fuck it. Now, in New York overall, here's how it went down. The new map was expected to favor Democrat, Democratic candidates in 22 of New York's 26 congressional districts. Democrats currently control 19 seats in the state compared with eight held by Republicans. The New York Democratic Party is looking at more areas and in my words, are on a Democratic redistricting rampage in New York. And that's very overblown, but it's a gentle, it's more of a gentle mandering. And they're, the way that they're eyeing certain house seats in certain districts all over New York State, they are now specifically going to focus on those areas and keep shit blue. And this is great. I love it. We love it. Every state should follow suit. And the Democrats need to continue getting in the game, changing the rules to, pe- to benefit this country and the American people. This New York redistricting should immediately be implemented in the playbook. And honestly, fuck vaccine mandates. At this point, let's get gerrymandering mandates and get the Republican pandemic finally eradicated. So there's that. So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid, stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Seriously. We do two a week, every week. They're both an hour. We're supposed to post them on Sundays. (laughs) So you have all week to listen to them. (laughs) And we always get one up by Sunday. We really, really try. Um, And this week, the episodes are all about Julie's recent scooter adventures. Yeah. Um, she had a little a little um, fight in the street, kind of an, an old school um, West Side well, Story yeah. type of fight in the street on her scooter. And now now that we got Anthony's mm. book, Would You Rather, our, our bonus episode mm. this week um, on the Patreon is going to be some Would You Rather yeah, questions. Yeah, that'll be fun. So we really want you guys to check them out. Absolutely. And you know what? They're only a dollar each. So when you sign up, you will immediately get access to literally hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free podcasts that you can go back and listen to. They really are timeless. If you're curious to see what it's like, you can listen to a free episode right now on our website, julianbrandy.com. There's a button on every page that says, Click to listen to our free Patreon episode. There's also a link to the free Patreon episode in the description of this podcast down below. You can listen to the whole hour. Click on the link. It, you can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer, or your tablet, whatever. You don't have to download anything to listen to the free episode or sign up for anything. It's super easy. I just tweeted the link out. It's like, you might as well listen to the free one. And if you want to like 
scroll around the Patreon, our Patreon <laughs> thing, patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like five free episodes, but you just have to scroll back yeah. in the library to find them. <laughs> and they just, you'll just see that they're unlocked and you can press play. And then after you listen to it, go ahead and subscribe. We're all here waiting for you, motioning you hypnotically to come join us like a lazy drunk cult. That's right. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Or a Lisa Barlow cult. Yes. We love it. We love it. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly, it's been gay (laughs) and it's been dumb. (laughs) And Allison Riggs, she makes this shit like real. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dime because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man. By the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty grooving. Want something visual that's not too abysmal? We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. (laughs) Why don't you? Stay for the night. Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. A sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. (laughs) But not the symptom. 